0: It's actually, it's Chris Rose, who's the leader of Don't Look Back Prison Ministry. And you may or may not know this, but he was also my youth pastor, too, back in the day. So y'all can thank Chris, because without him, I don't know that I'd be in the ministry today. He kind of helped me stay rooted and grounded through those teenage years. Everybody knows what I'm talking about there, right? But before he comes up, I know his wife is coming up, so let's welcome Jules Rose. They got a special treat for us today. We're so excited you guys are here.
1: Thank you, Cade. I can give any stories you want to hear about Kate and Gina. No. <laughs> actually, I was uh, Dylan was up here, and back at Tulsa a long time ago, I taught first and second and third grade Sunday school class, and Dylan was in my class, and he and this his buddy Ethan, and Ethan was quieter, and I was hugey pregnant and um. I didn't do well on the blood sugar test or something that they give you. And so I was like, you guys were sitting on the floor. I'm like, anybody want to, I got to do this test and they're going to make me take it again. So anybody want to pray for me and Dylan, me and Ethan will, (laughs) Ethan's like, okay. (laughs) And so Dylan just put his hand on my shoulder and prayed over me. And he was like second grade. I'll never forget it. It was amazing. I mean, why don't I, and he still has that heart today, you know. He really does. And so it was great to see. It's great to see him up there and doing that. They said, help her not to have to take this test over and over again. They, they were thinking it was like a spelling test or something that I wasn't passing. Help her pass this test. She just can't get it. So <laughs> I also want to say that I'm really proud of everyone who's here today because you're here. It's way easier to stay under the blankie. It is. And I'm a blankie girl. And I don't like mornings. Jeez, she's my sister on that right there. I mean, I don't. And so I'm really proud of everyone who comes because without community of faith, you're not going to make it. You're not. I don't. It's all throughout the whole Bible. It's not just do not forsake the gathering of yourself. It's more than that, right? It's all throughout the whole Bible. It's community, 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 community. And, you know, you're just going to super struggle if you don't have community. So jump into one of these small groups. I mean, I'm really proud of everyone who's come. Speaking of community, we're involved in a ministry called Stand in the Gap. And that ministry... um, ministers to women coming out of incarceration, just kind of set them up with a couple of other ladies, and we just meet with them, and we're just kind of the, the support, the, the cheerleaders go, you know, you can do this, and we just meet with them once a month or twice a month, and whatever it is, I don't remember, Melissa. So we, because we meet in a long time, we're, yeah. So um, it's a wonderful ministry. And um, I just want to throw that out there. And if you want information about Stand in the Gap, let me know. But they also, there's that scripture about widows, orphans, and prisoners. So that's what they do, Stand in the Gap. They also have a ministry for widows that meet and have big dinners for for women that are widows. And it's just amazing. So they can connect and create community and not go through things alone. And also um, children aging out of foster care. If they don't have a good support, they usually end up in prison. There's a really big percentage that end up in jail or prison. So they also have a ministry for kind of being that support and that help for those aging out of foster care. So that's what Stand in the Gap does, and I just wanted to say that because that's how we met Melissa. And um, she uh, came to Christianity 101 at Destiny Life, and then we met her, and then they were like, hey, do you want to be here Stand in the Gap? And uh, another lady and I were like, yeah. So we just really connected her real quickly, and Carrie's here, and she's been through standing up. I and mean, she kind of joined our group too. We called ourselves the Rogue Group because we had an extra, so we're rogue, but it's all right. <laughs> and so Carrie's been; she's a graduate of His House Ministries in Claremore. They're transitional um, housing for people who've been incarcerated for. Man, long time they've been doing this. I mean, they're stable and awesome, and so we deal with them. We we connect with them a lot. Um, and Cassidy's here, Melissa's daughter. So Melissa's going to come up and give a few words about her story, and then Chris will be next after Melissa. Y'all welcome Melissa. Awesome. Yeah.
2: morning. I'm Melissa. Thank you so much for having me this morning. So Chris and Jules just asked me to share a couple minutes of my testimony, and... um. The best way to start is I was raised in a Christian home, but never at any point in my life did I find any real connection with a relationship with Christ. And so I spent my life searching, searching with men, with sex, with relationships, with all the things that come with all those things, been married and divorced twice, ended up on drugs, Um, and all the things that come along with that. Um, I've lost custody of two of my children. My youngest has been adopted. Just life ha- was hard because I was alone. Abandoned and, rejection, r- abandoned and rejected at an, an early adulthood by my father, um, my life spiraled fairly quickly out of control. And when I was 27 years old, I started using methamphetamine. It took me about five years uh, to end up in prison. Um, but God knew exactly what he was doing. I sat in a county jail cell in Bryan County, Oklahoma, and I'm from Texas, okay? So I sat in a, in a county jail cell in Bryan County, Oklahoma, and prayed for like three days because I felt my, in this internal struggle, I was like, I'm going to prison, and I still wanted to get high. Why? And I realized it was because I had an obsession that, that wasn't going away, and I didn't know Why? So I remember praying, God, please take away this obsession with the drugs and take away this obsession with my current boyfriend at the time. And for like three days, I prayed this prayer. And finally, on the fourth day, I hit my knees and I said, God, please take away my obsession with drugs and this obsession with this boyfriend and replace it with an obsession with you. The very next morning, I picked up a Bible and um, just started reading it. Two days later, they pulled me to Mabel Bassett for my uh, 19 days of a So basically, I spent 19 days in 23-hour lockdown. Um, and I sat and read the Bible. <laughs> and then I went to Eddie Warriors for 20 months, um, and COVID happened. So then I spent all of my time in prison basically locked down on my bunk with my Bible. And there's so much truth in the fact that the renewing of our mind transforms our life. It transforms who we are. I had searched my whole life for acceptance, for for something to fill that void. And this is what God promised me while I was in prison. But now, O Jacob, listen to the Lord who created you. O Israel, the one who formed you. Says, do not be afraid, for I have ransomed you. I've called you by name. You are mine. When you go through deep waters, I will be with you. When you go through rivers of difficulty, you will not drown. When you walk through the fire of oppression, you will not be burned up. The flames will not consume you, for I am the Lord your God, the Holy One of Israel, your Savior. I gave Egypt as a ransom for your freedom. I gave Ethiopia and Siva in your place. Others were given in exchange for you. I traded their lives for yours because you are precious to me. You are honored, and I love you. And now, now God has put me in a place where I'm getting to share my story, my life, with other women. I get to mentor these women coming out of prison, and I, I couldn't... I couldn't do it without my community. My community at Dusty Life, my best friend Carrie, my Stand in the Gap, Jules and Lisa and, and Chris, and and this amazing family that God has put me into. My family is not here. They're, they're all over the country. But my family, the family God gave me, I'm right where I'm supposed to be. And I'm so grateful for that. so
0: You don't don't get away that easy. (laughs) No, if you guys would, uh, would you put your hands towards her, please? (sighs) Father God, we just are so thankful. God, each one of us can hear her story. Each one of us hear her heart because many of us have been in some of the same circumstances, Lord. And we agree with her right now for restoration of her family, her children, and all that You have for her, Lord, that she can't even see yet. I'm thankful, God, that in mere moments, she has flown by me. She's flown by me, Lord. And that should be the desire of all our hearts that one would come to know you and know you better than we do. Amen. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 God bless you. Thank, you. Thank you. I love you. All right, we ready for this? We ready for this? We ready for this? Uh, I would just want to uh, give a report real quick because you guys are so generous in uh, helping us with what we do. And, uh... Right now, the ministry is doing well as far as the transitional house. we got some guys actually succeeding. Oh, praise the Lord Jesus. Uh, Nobody's bailed out the window lately, and uh, so it's been good. Uh, Been going into the prison. Uh, They've been locked down the last couple of weeks. Racial hatred is heavy in the prison right now. All across the state of Oklahoma. Uh, Man, what the heck has happened to us? We've let the world get in the church. we got to figure out how to separate this deal. Because I hear people in the church bad-mouthing folks. I'm like, dude, really? This is not what we're supposed to be doing. We're supposed to be loving people and helping people find their way. And man, we're almost jealous of folks. And this is wearing me out because I want people to do this better than I'm doing it because I'm barely getting by. And I want people to do this better. I want people to fly by me. I believe that's being Christ-like, and I believe that's a call for all of us, not to just get somebody up so they can serve us, but serve them. So I'm so, so thankful for this house. I'm so thankful for the desire of the giftings of the Lord. Because somehow we allowed the world come in. So we act like the world and we don't demonstrate much of the giftings because we're afraid we're going to hurt somebody's feelings or we're going to do something nobody wants to agree with. If you lay hands on somebody and pray, it's not up to you anyway. And I'm ranting for a moment, but it's up to the Lord. If someone's to be healed, you ain't doing it. Get that off your back. God's going to do that. If somebody gets delivered here today, get out of the way. Let them get delivered. Let them get set free. I'm thankful that I was delivered. I'm thankful that I'm continuing to be delivered. I'm thankful that he gave me the ability to to take the steps towards him so I can be set free. I'm thankful for that. And I'm thankful for you. And I'm thankful for every one of you this morning coming and being a part. Because the whole thing is we got to do this together. This has to be together. I can't do anything without you. We can't do anything apart. And if we don't come together on this, then the world's going to look at us and go, heck, you're doing the same thing we're doing. Why are we going over there for it? Right? Right? You look just like us. Yeah, Yeah, I know. Anyway, but (laughs) I just got freedom with this, people. People. So I'm looking at it going, hey, no, I need to be a demonstration of who he is and whatever I'm doing. Whether I'm in a restaurant, Walmart, however I'm acting, they need to see Christ in me. They don't need to see Chris. They need to see Christ. If they see him in me, then they'll have hope. Right? So when the word was given a while ago, several of you had it. But we're so scared of each other, we can't even pull anything off. Is that right or wrong? No, that's right. We're afraid of each other. When who we should be have fearful, good fearful expectations is in God, not with one another. Is that right or wrong? So the next time the pastor says, who has a word, y'all should jump up and get busy. Is that right? Because when the unbeliever comes in, they need to see something different. They need to hear something different. They've heard all the noise out there. They need to hear a word, an interpretation, a laying on of hands. Let me give you an example. A couple of weeks ago, we were sitting in the prison. We were given a message. And out of nowhere, the Lord just began to deposit words of knowledge in men's lives. We begin to tell men, no, this is where God's got you. This is where God's going to position you. This is what's going to happen in your life. But if you just make one turn, this will happen for you. And what happened? One gentleman went back in the prayer box, pulled the prayer out, came up and said, hey, this is exactly what he just said. Another gentleman came up. We were talking about this and he had his friend with him. He said, we were talking exactly about what you said to us when we were coming down here. What happened from that? Four men gave their lives to Jesus because they seen God in action. Is that right or wrong? It ain't got to be something spectacular. Not at all. It has to be exactly what you're wanting to do, to step out. We have to step out. And if you're fearful of men, you need to get on your knees and you need to ask God to break that off of you. Because man didn't do us any good when we were without God, so what the heck are they going to do for us when we are with him? Men are going to disappoint you. In the next 30 minutes, I'm going to disappoint you. Is that okay? No, I'm serious. Because some of you have your ears already closed. That's just what we do. Well, why ain't I up there doing that? Come on. Come on. See what I'm saying? But if I came in here scared of you, I'm not going to share anything. Right? John chapter 20. Can we go there? Father, right now, in the name of Jesus, Lord, I'm thankful for my family. I'm thankful for everything that's happening in this house. I'm thankful, God, as we go forth, Lord, it be you before us, around us, through us, in all parts of us, Lord, that nothing comes out of us except you. Let us be so immersed and marinated in your word, Lord, that when we speak, it's to the glorification and an uplifting of the Lord Jesus Christ. Thank you, Holy Spirit, that you're here right now. In the midst of this. Lord as this word goes forth. I pray that there will be ears to hear it. There will be lives changed. There will be those that will go out today. And it will be a new day. And they will begin to walk freely. But God I ask that their eyes be open to those around them. That they can see it. Speak into it. And bring life. And may one of them. One day. Speak to my daughter. And she meet Jesus. In his name I pray. Amen. 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 So I'm always grateful when I get to get up and share because I know at one point that is true. All of us have people in our lives that we'd love to see meet Jesus. Is that right or wrong? My daughter can't hear me. She's my daughter. She can't hear a word I say, but she might hear one of y'all. Remember I've said this before and I still believe it. One of you or one of the people that I minister to and share with and walk out life with, one day they're going to talk to her. And then she's going to go, oh, that's what he was saying. And they're going to come to know, right? But to this point, man, she can't see any use in it. Remember? Anybody remember? I remember. I asked the Lord, never let me forget what it was like. I remember August 7th, 1993. I remember that day plainly because I thought I had to get everything fixed before I could come to Jesus. And that was a lie in the pit of hell. Because I still ain't got everything fixed. I've been 28 years walking with him. (laughs) It's a work, right? Isn't it? It's a step forward. John chapter 20, verse 1. Early on the first day of the week, while it was still dark, Mary Magdalene went to the tomb and saw that the stone had been removed from the entrance. So she came running to Simon Peter and the other disciple, the one Jesus loved, and said, They have taken the Lord out of the tomb, and we don't know where they have put him. So Peter and the other disciple started for the tomb. Both were running, but the other disciple outrun Peter and reached the tomb first. He bent over and looked in at the strips of linen, Lying there, but did not go in. Then Simon Peter came along behind him and went straight in the tomb. He saw the strips of linen lying there as well as the cloth that had been wrapped around Jesus' head. The cloth was still lying in its place, separate from the linen. Finally, the other disciple, who reached the tomb first, also went inside. He saw and believed. They still did not understand from Scripture that Jesus had to rise from the dead. Then the disciples went back to where they were staying. Lord, I ask you to bless this word. And even as I'm getting into it, Lord, that they'll be able to see it. There's three saws in this. Three different people that had been walking with the Lord saw three different things. They did. Mary, who had been walking with Jesus longer than anybody. Mary, who had seven demons when she started walking with Jesus and was delivered of those who continued after him, was the last person at the cross and the first person at the tomb. Mary, what did she see? When she walked up, she seen the rock moved, and she freaked out. Did she not? She's like, what happened? Her obvious natural instinct was they had come and ripped Jesus off, right? Hauled him off, and we got to do something. So she ran, right? So her saw was what she believed out of her natural. Is that right? A lot of times when we see people, that's what we believe out of our natural. Right? Oh, they've went too far. They've done too much. Oh, why didn't they change that 14th time? Well, why didn't you? Right? What? No, because the whole thing is it takes each one of us a different degree to change, does it not? It takes a different low or a different high. It takes something different for each one of us. And Mary looked at that tomb and she was like, oh, no, somebody has stole Jesus. (laughs) Right? And sometimes we let people's looks and how they act and how they respond to us, we let that steal any opportunity that we have to help them. Who do you want to come in here? Everybody. Second, oh my gosh, oh my gosh! I wasn't supposed to come off the stage. But... Sorry, I said everybody. Is that right? Yes. We want everybody to come in. We want every. I don't know about you, man, but since the day I met Jesus, I can't think of anybody that I don't want to meet him. Yeah. I wish I'd had the opportunity to witness to my mother yeah. and tell her how good he is and how much he loved her. I never had that chance and when she died I don't know where she went but I know I'm not going to let the next person that gets near me not know I'm not going to they're going to know so Mary looked at it oh well whatever so Simon, Peter and John go running that way Simon being a little older got passed up right (laughs) here comes John but John runs up there and stops doesn't he and he looks he peeks in And he saw the linens, but he wouldn't go in. Right? Sometimes we give that person one or two chances, don't we? We give a person one or two chances, and then we say, well, that's enough of that. And then we use that wipe the dust off my feet scripture, and we walk on. Do we not? That's enough. I'm quitting. Hey, I've done it. We've all done it. But John didn't know. He didn't know he could just go on in. But what does Peter do? Peter just blazes off in there and goes, hey, what's up? He sees it all. So they all three saw it different, did they not? They all three looked at it and go, oh, my. That's why it takes all of us, people. Because every one of us is going to see it differently. The only thing is we need to saw. Say, I saw. I saw. When we leave today, let's saw. Let's saw something. Let's go. Let's go look and go. Oh, that person might just need a, a handshake. That person might just need a hello. We're so worried about indoctrinating them with the whole gospel that we forget that hello might be nice. And then we want to point out all their faults while we're at it, right? And we're really what we all need, we need to be doing is loving on people. Love people. Love them, right? Because in the midst of it, when it's all over, the tomb was empty. The promise was fulfilled. Jesus is alive. He sits at the right hand making intercession for every one of us. Everyone. And his desire that everyone would know him. Right? And see, some of us get so caught. In trying to be something, we don't do anything. We're trying to be somebody. I need you to see me. Oh, please, please don't see me. See him. See him in everything, right? Because I need to die. I got to get out of here. I'm an alien to this world. I'm really not concerned about it to tell you the truth because I know where I'm going. I'm going to heaven. And I live in a kingdom now. And when I look at this world, how do I look at this world? Do I, look at it as, do I look at it as Mary looked at it? In the natural, I will always be disappointed. But if I'm looking at it from kingdom point of view, I will always see what God's doing. And God is doing a mighty work in the earth today, regardless of what people will say. I go to so many different churches. I get to see so many different churches doing so many different things. And if you put it all together, it becomes one. It's the bride, is that right? And we are the bride of Christ. So how do you see the tomb? I want to relate the tomb to the person who was lost. Remember your tomb? I remember my tomb. I remember where I was stuck. And so I look at it today and I go, where might they be? What can I do to help them? Mary had to make a choice. Does she give up or does she go get some help? Right? Again, it goes to community. It goes to all of us doing this together. This has been a wonderful service because all this is tied together. It takes all of us to do this. Just because there's someone up here on this stage, this is for a moment. You're forever out there touching lives and helping people and building them up expecting them to blow by you. I want them to. Melissa, just keep at it, man. Keep at it. There is a percentage, is there not? But I don't look at that. I look at the woman. That's what he told us to do. Peter, he had to look past his past to see the empty tomb. He needed to observe. What did Peter, what had Peter done just not long before this? He had denied Christ. Is that right? You imagine carrying that around? Even after being forgiven, right? Who here has been forgiven? Who here still carries some stuff around? Because we're working on it. We're a steady work, right? But he could not go. John, when he went in, he saw and believed. Why? Because of his faith. Because of who he had been walking with. He knew. They didn't even know yet what the purpose of the tomb was. But they understood that they needed to put their hope in him. And that's what we need to do, right? As we put our hope in him, he uses us to get the next one and the next one, and the next one. And not so that I can point at them and tell them what they need to fix, but so that I can show them love and I can do my best for them and I can help them in any situation that I can. But it takes all of us to do this because some people can't hear me. Some people don't want to hear me and that's okay. Look at us. Somebody needs to hear you. They need to hear your story. They need to hear your testimony. Because we only overcome by what? That blood. And what? The testimony. It's taking the word and applying it to your life and showing what God's did with it. This is what God did in me through His word in me. He changed me. I've been healed. I've been delivered from all kinds of mess. We don't have enough time today for me to talk about what I've been delivered from. But if God hadn't first and foremost got the mess off of me so I could even see him, I wouldn't have had a chance. And that's all he's asking us to do is to speak to someone's life. And as they, as you see them in their tomb, what are you saying? What are you saying to them? How are you treating them? Are they less than? Are they not good enough? No, they are. And one day, as you're pouring into them, and you realize they just passed you up. That's what it's about. Is it not? It's when they go by and you go, Oh, my gosh. No, I just... Lord please let me do that again. Right? Let me. Use me, Lord. So in closing, isn't this wonderful? I'm getting us through quickly. I have three questions. One, is your tomb empty or is it a storage unit? No, are you holding on to stuff you ain't supposed to be holding on to? And yeah. are you around people that are holding on to stuff that yeah. we have to be open, folks? We have to be uh vulnerable. Did I get it? Yeah. Vulnerable. <laughs> we have to be uh transparent, yeah. we have to be real because yeah. anything else is false. Yeah. It is. You're trying to project an image that's not real. Right? So what we need to do is be real, let people see our hurts, see our pains, see us our struggles. Why? So that he might be glorified. Okay, you ain't going to get through him without him anyway. We can't do this alone, right? Second question. Do you know that the same power that set Jesus free from the tomb is available to you? It's yours. Resurrection power is in us. Right? So every gifting that is in the Bible from Romans 12 to 1 Corinthians 12 to Ephesians 4.11, all those giftings are in us. They're not something we're waiting on. They're here. You just got to activate them. Who got in their car this morning and didn't turn the key over? It wouldn't start. You got to move the key. It's very simple. I love the song about simple gospel. It don't get no more simple than Chris Rose. Because my whole thing is Jesus did it, and if he did it, it's enough, and I believe it. I don't argue the scripture with anybody. I don't have time for all that. I know what it did in me, and that's the example I have to share. I'm no longer the dope addicted freak I used to be. Is that enough? Do you need some more? Right? I'm not, that's not me no more. I'm a purveyor of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And that's all I want to be. I want to be the best husband I can be. I want to be the best father I can be. I want to be the best brother to you that I could ever be. Because we're family. Last question. Are you okay with someone being set free and passing by you? You truly have to have that in your heart that they just fly by. That should be our desire. Do we want to see empty tombs? Do we? I do. And the world's looking. Tell me it's not looking. The world's looking. They're just not getting to see a whole bunch. So we're going to jump out there and begin to show them what it's like to walk after Jesus. Right? Not point at them. Not talk down to them. Not ignore them. And I'm going to finish with this one. And this one might bruise somebody. You Ready? Let's say it doesn't. I found two groups of people in my life that look just alike. When I was 19 years old, I was in a little place called McAllister, Oklahoma, in the walls. And there was a group of people that were doing life, and they had a look about them. It was this right here. you ready? And they couldn't see you. They would look right through you. They didn't want to know you. They didn't want to know your name. They didn't want to know nothing about you. If you weren't doing life, you were invisible. The second group of people that looks just like that is folks that have been sitting in church so long, they forgot why they're there. (laughs) They look just alike they ain't got no joy they ain't got no passion they ain't got no desire dude what are we selling them out there and it is a sale I don't care what people say when you go to any place they try to sell you something I got something for you it's Jesus And he'll set you free from everything that ever held you back. He will make you live a life you never thought you would live. And how do I know that? The same way I told a group the other night. I was five years old using the restroom in a metal can in my bedroom that was locked. And I could not come out. And now I stand before you. And I tell you, Jesus is enough. God bless you Thank you so much for joining us, and a special thanks to those that give in to our ministry. It's because of your generous giving that we're able to lead people to Jesus and make a difference all around the world. If you're ready to give, head to your browser and type No limits.fyi into the address bar. And if you are encouraged by this podcast, then hit that share button and pass it on so that others can be encouraged as well. Or you can even take a screenshot and share it on your social stories. Thanks
1: again for listening. Now let's go make a difference.